Presented by Sense and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floor floors to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. On a beautiful fall weekend, it's a great time to get outside and do projects outside your house, inside your house, from the basement to the attic. Do you want to cut those energy bills? Maybe you're looking to beautify the insides of your kitchens, your bathrooms, your bedrooms. Whatever project is on your to-do list, swing it right over to us by picking up the phone and calling us with your home improvement, decor, and remodeling questions at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Hey, coming up on today's show, are you looking for some fast, free ways to save on energy around your home this winter? We're going to share 10 ways you can do just that. And it might be getting chilly, but that doesn't mean outdoor living has to end. With the right patio heater, you can hang out in your yard or on your deck well into the fall. We're going to share some tips on how to pick the perfect patio heater for your house. And fall is also the perfect season to beef up the insulation in your attic. But do you know how much insulation you really need, what the best way is to install it, and how the heck will you even get all those huge rolls of insulation back to your house? We'll have that answer in just a bit. But first, we want to hear what you are working on. What are your home projects? Give us a call for tips or the answer to a decor, remodeling, home fix-up, home improvement project, whatever it is you guys are working on. We are here to lend a hand. So give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Catherine, you've got the Money Pit. What can we help you with today? I have lighting in the basement and it is something we started initially and we changed our mind. And so there are outlets or holes that are intended for um, light fixtures and then also a ceiling fan. And we're changing how we're going to do things down there. Is there some way that we can patch it up and start all over? Or do we need to have an electrician in and resurface everything and do everything all over again? Okay, so your main concern is that you have the holes that you're not using anymore, so you want to know if you can patch those? Yes. Yeah, sure you can. And then the wires are already there. Oh, the wires are there? Well, if the wires are there, if they're they're live, if they're connected on the other end, if they're energized Mm -hmm. to a panel, then they have to be disconnected for sure. Okay. You could just put a, a, you know, wire nuts on the end of it and cover the box and there's different types of ceiling plates that could cover that. But frankly, if you're never going to use that wiring, I wouldn't have extra energized wiring through the ceiling. I would just disconnect it at the panel wherever it, it was given power. If it's a matter of, of, of there's no wiring behind it or you've totally disconnected it and now you've got these big old holes, um, yeah. you can do it one of two ways. You can either put like a decorative plate, let's say it's around, you know, around fixture, around uh, electrical box. There are electrical plates that are designed to fit over ceilings that can cover that. You can paint it white. It's not that noticeable. Or if you wanted to completely repair the ceiling as if it never happened at all, then what I would do is I would probably, if I was repairing that, I would square off the hole first. So, because it's a lot easier to patch a square hole than it is a round hole. And then what you do is you take another piece of drywall and you basically measure out a piece that's, well, let's say it's about two inches wider on all sides. So if it was four by four of the hole, I would look cut a piece that was eight by eight or so. Because what okay. you're going to do, and this is a little tricky, you're going to turn that piece of drywall upside down, and you're going to sort of score where that four-inch 
piece would be in the middle. Then you're going to peel off all of the plastic that's on the drywall except for the paper on the outside edge because that's going to actually act as the drywall tape. And then if you put spackle and you put that little piece back up there and you may have to tack it in place with a screw or something while while it's holding, while it's drying, you can spackle that and it will magically disappear. But when it's time to paint, make sure you prime it and then always use a flat paint because otherwise all the spackle you put up there, even if you do a good job, is going to be really obvious. Okay? Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Next up, we're going to talk foundations with Randy in Idaho. How can we help you today? Well, I'm, I've got a crack in my foundation, and I, I'm wondering if I, what I want to do is a good idea. All right. What's your plan? Well, first of all, um, it's a crack that's about an inch, inch, an inch and a half wide that's right on the corner, uh, about, oh, four or five inches up from the bottom, of the, from the floor of the basement. Okay. And it's a, and it's buried, you know, there's like several feet of dirt above it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a crack appeared on the floor in the basement and then just dropped down about an inch and a half. And uh, the, the soil from outside was coming in from the outside and moisture and whatnot. This crack is on the basement floor or the basement walls? The wall in the corner. Okay. And you said that the, the crack is an inch and a half wide or it's an inch and a half long? About an inch to an inch and a half wide. Wow, that's a big crack. Yeah, about, well, the floor just dropped a little bit, and then it's about eight inches on either side of the corner. Okay, so the crack formed and the floor dropped. Is that correct? Both of those things happened? Correct. All right, so obviously something got very disturbed under there. I don't know if it was settlement or whatever it was, but it sounds like you lost some soil in there. As a result, you lost the support. A crack that's an inch and a half wide is a very large crack, and typically it's something that we would recommend you have a professional inspect before you just repair it on your own. But with with, with that as, a, as, as our general advice, what is your plan? Well, I thought that what I'd do is I'd, I'd put some blackjack in the very back of it. I dug out as much soil as I could and cleaned it with like a toothbrush or a wire brush. Right. Well, that's that's all. That's all. You're talking about patching the crack. I'm talking about supporting it so it doesn't get any worse. You can fill it, you know, five different ways. Uh-huh. What I'm concerned about is making sure that this instability isn't going to continue and get worse and affect the structural integrity of the wall. If you've got a crack that truly opened up an inch and a half, that is a very big crack. I mean, most of the time people talk to us about hairline cracks or cracks that open a quarter of an inch and are very concerned. If you've got a crack that's opened up an inch and a half, that's a huge crack. So here's what I would do. I would have, uh, I would consult with a structural engineer, have him inspect your house. Look at the foundation, look at the crack, and then write you a report that gives you step-by-step instructions on what should be done to address this. Either you do the repair yourself or you have an engineer, a contractor do it. It doesn't matter to me. But what's most important is that you have the structural engineer come back after the repair is done and certify that it was done sufficiently. And the reason you're going to do that is because eventually you're going to want to sell this house. And if you have this repair uh, done under the supervision of an engineer like that, it's sort of like a pedigree that says all is well and will alleviate any fears from a potential home buyer. I see. I see. That's kind of like a cover yourself kind of thing. Absolutely. Yep. And you're going to do it right. And most importantly, since you had the crack form and the floor drop, I'm concerned about what's going on underneath this. That's a very unusual set of circumstances. And it leads me to conclude that there's some instability underneath that corner of the foundation. All right. Well, uh, I think I'll uh, just start nosing around for one. 
All right, Randy, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your how-to, your decor, your modeling questions, whatever it is you are working on right now to 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor, where it's easy to find top-rated local home improvement pros for any home project. Go to homeadvisor.com. And just ahead, are you looking for fast, free ways to save on energy around your home this winter? We're going to share 10 ways you can do just that in today's energy-saving tip presented by Sense Smart Home Energy Monitors. Check them out at GetSense.com. That's all coming up after this. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. You can find top-rated home service pros and book appointments online, all for free. We want to know what you want to know, so give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Wendy in Iowa, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I bought a large commercial building in a historic downtown of Atlantic, Iowa. Oh, that sounds nice. It had it had a roof leak, and we have repaired that. We've put a new roof on, um, but there was a lot of damage to the second story ceiling, which was lath and plaster. Okay. And we want to put a loft. Um, a residential loft up on the upstairs. Okay. Um, we have about 1,500 square foot of lath and plaster that needs to come down. So my question is, is there something that's available as an aid to funnel all of that dirt and lath and plaster down off of the ceiling and out to a dumpster? Yeah. Let me give you some suggestions. Having been through this very repair in, in my home, which was all lath and plaster, I went about remodeling rooms in different stages. The first time I decided I would take all the lath and plaster out and drywalled right on top of the original studs. 
And after going through that mess, I decided it wasn't as important as I'd once thought to take the lath and plaster out. And the next time I did it, I simply put a second layer of drywall over the old lath and plaster and screwed through that drywall up into the ceiling joists and the wall and the wall studs to support it. And that was a much neater, much easier way to get a nice clean new ceiling without all of the mess and the dust and the dirt and the debris. So is the lath and plaster somewhat intact or is it all loose and falling off? What's the status of it right now? In some places where there was a water leak, um, the plaster wants to fall off, and then in some places it's not so bad. Well, if you were to put 4 by 8 sheets of drywall over that and, and screw the drywall in, it'll probably support any loose uh, lath or plaster that's there. And again, you won't have this big mess of having to tear it all down, which is an awfully big project. Because it's very heavy. You'll be shoveling it off the floor, putting it in trash cans, carrying those cans down, and you can't even fill up the cans because it's, it's too heavy to lift them. So it's a big stinking mess. And if you could uh, apply some drywall to the ceiling as it is now and attach through that drywall into the ceiling joist. It should support the old lath and plaster and give you a nice clean surface uh, to start with. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome, Wendy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you'd like to save energy this winter, but you don't have a budget for improvements, there are lots of ways to reduce those costs without spending even a dime. That's right. We've got 10 no-cost tips to get you started in today's energy-saving tip presented by Sense Smart Home Energy Monitors, available at GetSense.com. Now, first, how about this idea? Lock your windows. Now, what the heck does that have to do with saving energy? Well, if you just close them, they can be leaky and let air in, but if you lock them, you will create an airtight seal. If you've ever rotated the lock on a double-hung window, you know that when you rotate it, it actually pushes the window down to the sill and really creates a very tight seal. So by locking those windows, you will actually seal out some drafts. Now, just like windows, you want to close the doors and the heating vents in rooms that don't get a lot of use, like walk-in closets, laundry rooms, guest bedrooms. That's going to reduce the heat use in those areas. Now, you also want to remember to turn off the lights when you leave a room. I mean, that's an easy one, but so many people just walk out. Children, I'm talking to you. So many people just walk out and leave every single light on. So make sure you turn them off when you're leaving the room. Also think about getting free solar heat during the day by opening up the blinds and shades on all of the windows, especially on those south-facing ones that get a lot of sun during the daytime. And remember, when you're doing your laundry, try to use cold water. That uses far less energy. So use that cold water setting when you can. And try wearing a sweater around the house. You know, you can lower the thermostat, throw on a sweater, because get this, for every degree that you lower that thermostat, you might be able to save 5% on your heating costs. Now, here's tip number seven. Run only full loads in your dishwasher. You also want to remember to remove lint often from your clothes dryer and its outside vent and run your dryer in the evening when extra heat helps to warm your house. Number nine, plug power draining computers and electronic equipment into a power strip with a switch so they can easily be turned off when not in use. All right, and finally, number 10, you guys, snuggle up under more blankets at night. Keep that thermostat down in the nighttime, and then have it come on up in the morning when everybody's getting up to take a shower. Doing that is going to save a ton of energy. You know, guys, small things like this really do add up to big energy savings at home. You'll be surprised to find that your energy bill can drop maybe 20 30 even more dollars a month when you consistently make an effort. 
And that's today's energy saving tip presented by Sense Smart Home Energy Monitor. Learn more at GetSense.com. I love my Sense Smart Home Energy Monitor. I have found it, Leslie, to be the single best way to save energy in my home because it tells me what's on, what's off, and I can always understand how those dollars are being spent. Check out the video at GetSense.com. You'll be really impressed with this product, GetSense.com. Now we've got Sylvester on the line from Louisiana who's dealing with some hurricane damage possibly with a leaky attic. Tell us what's going on. My uh, top of the roof is about Edinburgh, Texas, probably 46, 49 feet. Well, there's a, where the attic breathes, uh, uh, sometimes they're square, some rectangular, some round. Where yeah, the vents, the, uh-huh. the attic vents. I'm, I'm getting blowing rainwater that's coming in there running mm-hmm. down the wall, coming in to bedroom window below. Oh, boy. Okay. How, how does that, uh, and it has happened before, but it's only when it's a strong blowing wind, uh, blowing no is it always in the same? Is it always in the same spot? Yes. So it's probably not all of the vents, it's just one or two of the vents? I would think so. I don't know. I haven't actually gone into the attic yet uh, to see which where most of it's coming from. So I would do that as my next step, because I would go up in the attic and I would look for the leaks. Now, it might be that maybe it's not blowing in the vents. It might be blowing around the vents. The vents could be leaking, uh-huh. because every one of those vents has to be cut through the roof. So this may not really be what you think it is. But I would get up in the attic with a high-powered flashlight and take a look in the area of the problem. Remember that water will run downhill, so it might start up high, run down a rafter, and then drip off down below into and show up in your bedroom or wherever. But I would take a careful look to try to find those leak stains. Let me It would tell me exactly where it's leaking. If I can identify the vent that's leaking, uh, I would just simply reseal it or replace it. Thank you much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Now we're going to Louisiana with Lois, who's dealing with a grout issue in the bath. Tell us what's going on. After talking to the people that sold me the grout, on the second complaint, they finally acknowledged that there was something wrong with the grout. So now I've got it turning white, and it's a mocha brown kind of color in the bottom of my shower. And I I guess the only way to resolve it is to clean it out. How do I do that? So how do you remove grout that's already installed? Is that correct? So this is grout that's in the wall? Floor of the shower. Oh, the floor of the shower. And so the grout's the wrong color. And it's a darker color, and you want it to... No, it's changed color because they did, they told me there, there was a problem, apparently, from the factory with the grout. And, okay. of course, I didn't find out about it until after the fact. Right. All right. So listen, what you might want to think about doing only because if this doesn't work, you have to take the grout out anyway, is you might want to think, think about applying a grout dye. Grout dye is available. It's kind of like a stain for grout and it changes the color of the grout. It goes from, it can make grout that's lighter go darker. It doesn't work the other way around, of course. So I would Give that a try first because really you got nothing to lose. Now, that doesn't right. work. you got to take the grout out. To take the grout out, there are a number of tools on the market that can help you do that that come into the category of grout saws. There is a type of saw that fits into the end of a reciprocating saw that enables you to cut through grout. There's a grout saw that uh, works in a Dremel that enables you to take grout out. But you have to you have to grind the old grout out and then regrout 
throughout the tiles. It's a big job. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy, but it can be done. That's why I suggest you try a grout die first. You can take a look online at the Home Depot. They sell a product that's called Grout Renew, and it's made by Polyblend, which is, I believe, one of the grout manufacturers. And so they have a product. They have several different colors in there designed to stain and seal the grout in one application. So like I said, you got nothing uh, nothing to lose by trying this out. There's also a website that just sells grout dye called groutdye.com. All right, sir. Thank you. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888-MONEY-PIT. And hey, guys, here's an easy solution for beating the cold weather blues. I'm talking about patio heaters that let you use your outdoor space all year long. We're going to tell you what you need to know before you buy one in just a bit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home improvement project before you hire that pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top-rated pros for free. The number is 1-888-666-3974. All right, now we're welcoming Tim from Illinois to the Money Pit with a water heating question. What's going on? Oh, I have a uh, nine-year-old water tank, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to uh, get the rod that collects all the minerals out, and it didn't want to come, so I was afraid of uh, busting some pipes. So I was curious, I just should leave it alone, and with it being nine years old, 
you know, it's almost at the end of its life as far as the water tank, because I understand that water tanks are usually from 8 to 12 years yep. for a replacement. So you're, you've are you been trying to replace the anode and having a hard time getting it out, correct? Yeah, it's, I think it's rusted in or, or I, you know. Sometimes you have to put get a little leverage on the wrench to do that. And once you get the wrench on the anode, sometimes you have to kind of extend that wrench handle to really get that out. It's a bit of a tricky job. But considering the age of the tank, I probably wouldn't spend much money on it because I think you're right. You know, 10, 12 years is a pretty average life expectancy for a standard water heater. And when it comes time to replace the water heater, you might even decide to upgrade and go with a tankless water heater, which is going to last you a lot longer and be far more efficient. And that that might be a good choice for me because uh, I'm single and no one else lives in the household. I'm gone most of the time. Yeah, well, that's the difference between a tankless water heater and a standard water heater. The water heater is kind of dumb. It just it eats the water 24-7, whether you need it or not. And when the water cools down, it comes back on and heats it some more. A tankless water heater is going to heat on demand. And so because that's going to be a lot more efficient for a single guy, but even a big family, you know, with teenage daughters, for example, that, uh, you know, don't know the meaning of a short shower, you know, they never run out of hot water when they have tankless. It just works very well in both extremes. So how much is uh, something like that? Uh uh, cost for insulation and so forth. Well, if you if you compare it against a high efficiency tanked water heater, it's similar. But if you compare it against a standard sort of low efficiency, it's probably going to be about twice as much. But it will last longer too, and you know you're going to save money on the on the energy bills too. I thank you for your time. Well, as the weather cools down and summer turns to fall, you might be wishing that there was a way you could keep enjoying your deck or patio even with that little nip in the air. Well, with the right patio heater, you can keep dining and entertaining in your beautiful outdoor spaces well into autumn. Here's what you need to consider when picking the best one for your backyard. First of all, you've got to choose what type of fuel you want to use. Now, patio heaters are designed to work with one of three different fuel types, and we're talking about propane, natural gas, or electricity. Now, the natural gas, that's used for permanent or stationary heaters. Propane, that's conveniently available in tanks, and it allows that heater to be moved around. And infrared heaters are often powered by electricity, though some are run by natural gas. Next, you want to decide if you want to go with a portable heater or one that's built in. Now, portable patio heaters can be either freestanding or tabletop models. They can be super convenient because you can move them from one location to another, but depending on their size, you're either going to need to refill or replace that propane tank when it runs out. On the other hand, permanently installed stationary heaters definitely have some advantages because they do hook up to your natural gas line, so you're not going to be schlepping out to the home center or gas station or wherever you go to get those propane tanks refilled. So if you plan on moving a heater to different locations, you want to go with portable, but if you want a heater just in one location, consider investing in a permanent one. It's a lot easier in the long run. Mm -hmm. And another consideration, guys, is the size of that heater in BTUs. Now, the heating power of a patio heater is going to be rated in BTUs, that's British Thermal Units, and as an example, a 45,000 BTU heater is going to produce a 20-foot heat diameter. Of course, the higher the BTUs, the more gas it's going to use, so you want to pick one that covers the space you want to heat, but no more, because otherwise you're just going to be wasting that fuel source. That's right. And finally, remember to be safe. No matter what you choose, remember that gas heaters must always be used outside, as in under the big, beautiful sky. You cannot use them under any type of overhang, roof, screened-in porch, open garage door. I don't care. You cannot use them inside 
any space like that. You got to use them outside under the big, beautiful sky for them to operate properly and operate safely. And remember, check out the manufacturer's instructions, take it seriously, and you will enjoy a warmed outdoor living space well into the end of fall. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. If you've got a question about perhaps a fall fix-up for your home, we'd love to answer it. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Jeanette in Colorado's on the line and needs some help with a radiant heating question. What can we do for you? I would like to know if it would be good to do the radiant floor ourselves or to have someone else do it. Is it going to increase my electric bill quite a bit? And if it is something I could do, what materials would be best to do? Wow, lots of questions. Yeah, we only said one question, lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's a, the bathroom is the only room in the house that you want to have a warm floor? Well, for starters, we would like to do it in the kitchen also. Uh, but we thought we'd start with the small project as the bathroom. And what kind of a house do you have? Is it a ranch Colonial, what are we talking about? No, it's more of a ranch. It has, a, um, you know, it, the bottom is not sitting completely on the ground because it's lots of rocks and stuff in the mountains there. So it does have crawl spaces underneath. It does? Yes, it does have crawl spaces where you, you know, we have sunk punks in there to help anything that might cause that. So you can crawl under the house, but it's not very much room. Okay, and, and how is it heated? Is it hot water or a hot air system? Hot air, but we mostly use pellet stoves. So it sounds to me like you're going to be limited to uh, an electric radiant heating system. There are different types of heating um, underlayments, so to speak, that you would put on a bathroom floor and you would tile on top of. Now, is it expensive? Yes, it's electric heat. It's expensive to purchase and install. It's expensive to run. It's not a way to save money on your heating bill. There's nothing cost-effective about electric heat. It's very pleasant and nice to have that warm floor, but it is an expensive project and it's expensive to run that said if you put it on its own timer so it's only on say in the morning or in the evenings for a limited period of time you can manage that expense is it a do-it-yourself project yes if you're pretty experienced because the the tile mats usually have to be ordered custom made and, you know, you, you have to make sure that they're installed properly because if you get that floor down and it doesn't work, you get a big problem. You end up having to tear it up. Frankly, my advice would be to not do it yourself because I would rather have a contractor do it that's worked with it time and time again. I'd hate to see the whole thing get together and you got a problem with it and you got to tear it all up and start again. So the the amount of the amount of, of uh, additional expense for labor, I think, uh, would have sort of an insurance quality to it to make sure it comes out right. Well, thank you all for your advice, and I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Give us a call with your home repair or home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Well, now that it's fall, it's the perfect season to beef up the insulation in your attic. But how do you know how much insulation you really need, what's the best way to install it, and how exactly are you going to get all of those big rolls back to your house? We're going to have that answer in today's Better Get a Truck Tip, presented by Hertz, next. You live in a money pit. The 
Money Fit is brought to you by Sense. The Sense Smart Home Energy Monitor works like a fitness tracker, telling you what's on in your home and how much it costs, so you can save electricity and money. Learn more at Sense.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on? We'd love to help you get those jobs done around your house. Give us a call with your home improvement, decor, and remodeling questions at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Well, did you know that if you want to cut heating costs this winter, the single most effective way to do that is just by adding insulation? Now, most homes simply just don't have enough, and many more have insulation that's settled, and then it becomes really ineffective. Well, the good news is that this can be a very easy DIY project to take on. We've got tips to help you get the job done in today's Better Get a Truck tip presented by Hertz. Now, if you want to step up your insulation, the first thing to do is to figure out how much insulation you have now. The Department of Energy recommends homes have between 10 and 20 inches of fiberglass insulation. So head up to the attic with a ruler and measure the depth of the insulation that's there now. If you've got less than 10 to 20 inches, there is an easy opportunity for you to add more and cut those costly heating bills in the process. Mm -hmm. You know, to improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort, you're going to need to add a second layer of insulation on top of that old insulation and then run it perpendicular to the original fiberglass bats. It's really an easy job, but you just have to be careful where you step. Now, as long as you're working on top of those ceiling joists, you're going to be fine. Just really try not to and don't ever step between them or you could potentially create a new skylight to the room below that you weren't planning on having. That's right. Safety is key. So for this job, you're also going to want to wear a long sleeve shirt, work gloves, and use a dust mask to avoid breathing any of that dust that gets stirred up. Now, because you're adding a second layer, you're going to want to head to the home center or lumber yard to buy insulation that's labeled as unfaced, which means there's no paper backing. Now, insulation is sold in large rolls or packages, and you may need a lot of them to cover your entire attic. For example, one bundle of 10-inch thick unfaced fiberglass bats will only cover about 47 square feet. So for an 800-square-foot attic, you'd need 17 rolls. So you better be thinking about how you're going to get that insulation home. Hertz does trucks and vans and has a great selection that can help you get those materials home quickly and easily. Lastly, here's one more tip. If your attic has a floor and not much insulation underneath of it, you can still add more insulation on top without ripping up that flooring. You just have to lay the bats side by side on top of that old floor, and it's going to have the very same insulation effect. And if you do need your attic floor for storage, what we'd suggest is designating a section of that floor for storage and then add the new second layer everywhere else. Just remember, you can't store things on top of the insulation because crushed insulation is not going to do very much insulating at all. It has to be fluffy if it's going to work. And that's today's Better Get a Truck tip presented by Hertz. For any home project, store pickup, or move that needs more than your car can handle, remember HDTV. Hertz does trucks and vans. Book now at Hertz.com. Cynthia in Tennessee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have white dust on my shoes, my leather shoes, and my purses inside my closet. And my shoes can be inside of a a shoebox. And I don't understand what it is. Do you have um, a heating duct inside that closet? No, but right outside the closet I do. Well, generally, if you get a lot of dust in the air, 
then you don't have good filtration on your heating system. And so if you have a forced air system, you ought to have a good quality filter on the return duct. And unfortunately, a lot of folks use those fiberglass filters, which don't filter very much. I always call them rock stoppers because everything else goes right through. But if you improve the quality of the filtration on your heating system, that will go a long way to cleaning the air uh, in your home and reducing the amount of dust that's landing not only on your shoes in this case, but on your you know tables and chairs and everything else in the house. Okay, great. Thank you. Have a great day. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of HomeAdvisor's top-rated pros for free. Just ahead, guys, from fixing nail pops and walls to stopping circuit breakers popping in panels, we're going to have some solutions when the Money Pit continues. You live in a Money Pit. That is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. You can give us a call or you can post your question online at moneypit.com. And that's what Jim from Ohio recently did. That's right. Jim writes, I recently had a new roof installed and now I'm noticing nail pops are showing on the ceiling. Can I drive the nails back through and patch the paint over? Well, the answer is both yes and no. And Jim, that happened to me as well when I did a new roof. And the reason it is, is because the roofers, when they're on top of your roof and they're banging and they're, you know, stripping off all those old shingles, that actually kind of causes quite a bit of movement to the roof rafters and the structure below it. And that can loosen up those nails and cause some of those nail pops that you're seeing. But your question about can I drive them back in? No. You can't just drive them back in because now they're kind of loose in that space and they'll pop right back out again. So there's two ways to fix this once and for all. You could drive a second nail and make sure it overlaps the head of the loose nail and then spackle that. Or you could remove the loose nail and you could use a drywall screw in that hole and then screw that screw it in to where it just starts to compress the drywall and sits right below the surface. Either way, you'll be left with a nice recessed area that you can patch. Remember to put a little primer on there too before you paint it and you'll never have to worry about those nail pops again. All right, next up, we've got a post here from John in Bedford, New York. Now, John writes, My house recently lost power, and when the power was restored, I found that one of the circuit breakers had tripped. I reset the breaker. It tripped again. The breaker controls the living room, which has eight outlets. I unplugged everything and tried to reset the breaker, but it still pops. Do you have any suggestions as to what to look for next? The first thing that comes to mind, John, is that you need to respect the breaker. It is doing its job by not allowing you to energize that circuit because something is horribly wrong in that circuit. There is some sort of a short, a disconnect in that circuit, and when it energizes, it is not behaving normally, so it's potentially dangerous. You know, since it's only this one circuit, an electrician should be able to track this down. It could be a whole bunch of things. I mean, it could be a burned wire. Um, it could be something that's improperly wired. 
it could be that maybe one of the reasons you lost power is because you had a lightning strike, and that has somehow affected the connections in those wires. It's kind of hard to say exactly why it's happening, but I do know that this is not something you should be tackling yourself as a basic do-it-yourselfer. You definitely should be contacting an electrician to do the work because, you know, it's the kind of thing that has to be done just right, and it's absolutely not uh, something that you should be doing as sort of an amateur electrician. You know, removing and replacing an outlet or a light switch when you know to turn the power off, that's great, but tracking down why you've got this situation in the circuit breaker is an entirely different mission. You know, and I'm always surprised sometimes when I discover electrical defects. And just a few weeks ago, I was at my son's house. He was renting it. He goes to college, and they had a newer panel. So because I spent 20 years as a home inspector, I did what most parents do. I opened up the panel, right? But I just opened it. I took it apart and looked inside of it, Leslie. And guess what I found? I found a burned wire in the brand-new electrical panel because the wire was loose. Thank goodness that you're there to check these things out. And so much homeowners, renters, people aren't checking for those things. And it's right. such a danger. So definitely get a pro to take care of that, John. You could find a pro at homeadvisor.com. All right, John. Good luck with that. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on a beautiful fall weekend. We hope you're enjoying what's our favorite season of the year because you can work inside, outside, all around the house, get plenty of projects done. It's kind of why we call it the Goldilocks season, right? It's not too hot. Oh, my God, it's the best. It's not too cold. So whatever's on your to-do list, remember, you can reach us 24-7 at 888-MONEYPIT, or you can always post your question to the Money Pit's Facebook page at facebook.com slash themoneypit. But for now, that's all the time we have. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in the Money Pit.